Let's bow our heads together. Lord, certainly we hunger and thirst today. And what a promise that you gave us if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we shall be filled. Lord, you never send us away empty. And you're always the on-time God. Always ever-present. One who said just before you spoke of as being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, the verse before says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Lord, we'll thank you for that. We thank you that you're here with us, even in us, to the end of the world. That by your grace that we're overcomers. We want to thank you for the place that we're in. Lord, the position that we stand in at this moment in time. You brought us here, Lord, to this place. And we'll learn whatever we need to learn here. Lord, we want to thank you for the grace that, uh, that will give us the power to live every day, to endure every hour, the strength that will encourage us to endure to the end. Lord, we don't just look in the past and see the troubles of the past or just victories of the past. We look in the present and we see you, the ever-present God, and the ever-present water from the rock, that the rock followed them. And all through the last journey of going to the promised land, you were there with them. You never left them or forsake them. It's exactly the type. Lord, you laid it out plain in the Scripture. If there's a Red Sea, we'll go through it. Lord, if there are mountains to overcome, we will overcome them. If there are promised lands and, and promises to take, we will take it. Everything of it, Lord, we will possess. Every place our foot puts uh, is set upon, we shall possess that. And we thank you, Lord. We want to thank you for the angels you sent our way last, this past Wednesday night, Lord. And Brother Wendell, Sister Jessica, and how they ministered to us. We want to thank you that you confirmed your word to us that we had just read. Uh, David at Ziglag, who was told to pursue, and you will restore all. You will recover all, Lord. We believe that, and we stake our faith right there on that promise. We will recover all. Lord, we will defeat the enemy. We will have the spoils, and even those who got weary in the battle and fell away, we will bring back spoils enough for them. We will see your people restored, Lord because it's your word of promise. And we want to thank you, Father, that you give us the grace to endure, Lord, to stand fast, Lord, to fight the battle in the moment. We're in the trenches this morning, but we are reporting we are not defeated. We are routing the enemy and we're running him back out. We're taking every divine promise of God because it's ours. We will have nothing less than victory. And we thank you for that victory in advance. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing, for the prayers that you're answering, for the people you have sent today to be ministered to. Lord, for those who are joined with us on the, on the internet today or will in the week to come or weeks to months to come, Lord, I pray a special blessing for your bride around the world. 
that you'll supply every need according to your riches and glory. Reach down, Lord, right down to that little home. Maybe don't know what to do or where to turn. Maybe sickness is there or trouble is there. Lord, you hear the cries that comes out from your people. Oh, God, if people want restoration, want deliverance, want your promise to be manifest to them. Lord, I know you're not going to leave a hook behind. So we're going to claim every divine promise for us and for our children and for them that are far off. Lord, we thank you for all your goodness and your grace. Thank you for the wonderful things you did this week in North Carolina and the meetings there with Brother Timothy and Brother Wayne as he's preaching that convention. Lord, will you continue to bless as they return to their homes. Thank you for the young people and others that received your Holy Spirit, a real baptism of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, that there are men of God that are standing today steadfast and, and faithful, Lord. Bless those down in South Africa that are joined with us today over in India. Lord, down in the far reaches, some, Lord, over in Europe and different places in Canada, all throughout the United States, wherever they are, maybe they'll pick up this service. Minister to them in a special way, Lord. Ever need supply, we ask in Jesus' name. Lord, we are not discouraged. We are encouraged in the Lord because your word is promise is true. We shall overtake because we shall pursue and without fail recover all. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, isn't God good? Amen. They give us so many blessings. Let's sing that this morning. I, I tell you, I just feel like singing it. Well, ain't God good to give us so many blessings undeserving as what they are.
thank God for his goodness to us. Revelation chapter 12, we're going to read from the seventh verse this morning and looking into the word of God, amen, expecting the exceeding abundantly. We're going to be speaking on the casting down of unbelief, amen, because when we cast Satan down, we're casting down unbelief, amen. And of course, we, none of us should disbelieve in this day after God's done so much to confirm Amen. his word. What right have we got to disbelieve any promise? Amen. Amen. We have received a more sure word of prophecy. Thank you, Lord. Revelation 12 and verse 7, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Just remind the devil right now. He ain't going to win. And the, the dragon fought and his angels prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their confession, their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knoweth he hath but a short time, just three and a half years. Amen. And his time is going to be over with. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Last Sunday, we spoke on the advances of science and that has brought us into new realms that has been previously unknown to mankind. And until we are now naturally a supernatural people, commonly doing every day uh, without thinking about it, using the invisible world of radio waves and microwaves and electricity and we have expand we had advanced way beyond our forefathers and we have advanced to into what was one time only the imaginary fiction world even um, you know they used to have a cartoon or comic character dick tracy uh, that uh, they would imagine and and um, kind of you know try to try to imagine what it would be one day. And now we are here advanced in that very time. And Brother Branham told us um, about this. He said, I was thinking about the few moments ago upon the subject of science, how that they are taking the natural man and how he's went into the research from the fall of the natural and what he has done and how little the spiritual man has progressed in the kingdom of God. He said, I was thinking about how science is done, but then how little the spiritual man has done. And I was thinking that the natural man went out of the, at the unseen of his eye and pulled an atom out of the sky and split that atom in two that destroys human life. And if the natural man that knows nothing of God and cannot know nothing of God except to be converted, then his soul becomes alive with the supernatural. If he could do that in the natural realm, what ought the man of God to be doing? My, my friends, the church is so far behind. 
Let's pray, my, my, that God will move his church up. The natural man with natural resources is getting greater results than the people that call themselves Christian. Let's press into the unseen. The blessings are yours. They are for you. Amen. So I'll tell you what, we have room for advancement. And I think that's what the prophet of God was calling for us to do is we look around and see what the church world has done, then we ought to be able to look at our own self and the promises of the word of God and say, let's advance all the way into it. It's rapture hour. It's rapture time. Now, he would explain it like this in, in the Israel and the church. He would talk about um, three different uh, spheres that um, like one is where the nominal church is and up here is the sublime and, and where we're supposed to be right next to the door to heaven where the powers of God are leaking down. It drops on down through this and that one. And he said, if then if this is a normal, nominal church. It goes on into just on, on down into cold professions just a ritualistic affair. That's the nominal church. They get the slight drippings. The next up here, a little higher than that, is the full gospel. They get some of the blessings, but they go off into isms. If we've got to lift into this next sphere here before we can ever have a rapture, it's exactly, you got to get up in that before we can ever have it. So, you know, there, there's another realm higher to go in Christ. Everybody ought to be in Enoch this day looking for another step, another step higher. Amen. Amen. Not satisfied with where you are. Amen. And I think as a church body, we should not be satisfied there, but look to the promise. Again, he said, no wonder Christianity cannot lift her standard. It's not because Christ is not able, but because the people won't do it. The, the message is ready. The power of God is sufficient. And men and women are scared to break out yonder into those fears before God and dare to trust him and take him at his word. Amen. So we are people that are challenged to move into higher realms than any has ever walked. Amen. Even as faith, um, because somebody believed it could be done. Uh, if it was, if it was um, Edison or, or Emerson or the different men, scientists, if they were looking at a light bulb, they believed it could be done. They believed they could find a way, and they worked at it until they, they made it work. Amen. And what was it? There was a drive and a passion in there. They believed it could be done. And we've got to believe that the Word of God is going to be fulfilled in this hour and put our faith to work to move up into realms. And, you know, no matter how many tries we have made to never give up, to always persevere, amen, no matter how many times we prayed and it didn't seem like that prayer accomplished anything, we pray again. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It is over and over. He tells us of the unjust judge, you know, of the woman that come to him. And he said, I don't fear God and I don't fear man. But I tell you what, I know this woman ain't going to give up till I give her what she wants. And he said, so will God give to you that ask of him. But he's looking for a people that are perseverant, who are per persistent, with persistent faith to hold on to a divine promise of God. 
Now, but Brother Branham said what has happened is that men and women are afraid or they're scared to break out yonder in those fears before God and to dare to trust him and to take him at his word. You know why, why it makes them scared is because it's the devil. He knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for and that she can do the greater works, she will be an invincible army. So, of course, she brings every kind of gossip of unbelief, every kind of doubt, every kind of fear, every kind of thing to make you afraid. Amen. So, so that he can try to keep you from reaching higher, from grasping a greater promise. Amen. So, you know, he'll bring every, every accusation. He'll bring every imagination. He'll bring every temptation. He'll bring every kind of thing that you're going to fight it in the, in the heavenly realms. The more you move toward God, the more you're going to be opposed by wicked spirits. And I'll tell you what, I must be getting really close to God because the devil has really been coming against us. But I tell you, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But you know, there we have been given these things to cast down strongholds. You know, we live in the flesh, but we don't wage war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, we're taught, are not weapons of the world, but instead they are divine power to demolish strongholds. Amen. We tear down arguments. All the devil will argue against you. He's always got a, he's a debater now. Amen. He'll always bring an argument against where you're standing and reasoning and doubts and confusion and different kinds of reports and everything else. He'll bring you memory of what happened to somebody else. Amen. They had this problem and they, they had this situation and they had to live with their problem a long, long time. But I'm telling you right now, we are casting down imaginations, every presumption, every argument that is set up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought. Somebody say every thought. Every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Amen. Now it's war. We're reading you there is war in heaven. You're, you're, you're battling it out. And you're going to have war. We're here in this end time. We're having war. And for every believer, it's time you get higher. And every time you try to get higher in God, every time you try to possess God's promise, you just got to fight more. Amen. Now, but, you know, he said in Jeremiah 1 and 10, he said, See, this day I have set thee over nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. This is where God has set us. I want you to see yourself as being positioned by Almighty God. Amen. I want to remind the devil this morning, I have been positioned in a place of power and authority. For he hath made us kings and priests to rule over. Amen. And he has set us over nations and over kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down. Amen. And to build up God's kingdom and to 
Now, Ephesians 6, 11, we have been in this scripture, and I want to just go through it again. But put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, why didn't God just say, look, you don't need an armor. I've done got it done. I died at Calvary. I paid the price. I'm the captain, and I'm leading in battle, and I've defeated the devil. But no, you got to go defeat your own. David killed a Goliath, but you got to take your sword now. Come on now. So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Stand. Take your stand. Amen. Not back up. Not retreat. Amen. But stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. It's war. But put on the whole armor of God. Dress for war. Put on the precepts of his word. Amen. Just like the armor of a heavenly armed soldier. So arm yourself with God's word. Amen. Every day, amen, take in that word. I don't care if you're, you know, if you got to the point you think you're up to here and you got all the problems, you know, you just don't even feel like eating. You got to make yourself eat. Amen. You just keep right on cramming it down. Amen. Take it. Maybe at the moment you can't digest it, but do it anyhow. Repeat it back. Claim that promise. Lay hold on eternal life. It's yours to grasp. Amen. You know, again, the smoke of the battle may be so thick you can't even see through it. But I, I want you to know God placed you here today. Amen. Don't worry about the future. Amen. Don't worry about the end result. Look at winning the battle today. We've got a battle to win today. It is battle by battle that we finally win the war. Now, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is, the word is eparanios. And that word right there is the same one in all the scripture and all of Ephesians when he says heavenly places. So all our blessings lies in heavenly places. Ephesians 1 tells us that he hath blessed us with where? All, how many? All spiritual blessings. Where? In heavenly places. So you're going to have to take the heavenlies. Amen. In order, you're going to have to change from the sphere you're in of, of sense-bound knowledge of cease, taste, smell, feel, and hear and move by the realm of faith to possess that promise. Are you with me now? Because that's where we're blessed. We are not blessed in the sense realm knowledge. We are blessed when we take faith and we claim our inheritance and pull from God the, from the heavens what belongs to us. But Satan's there to fight. I don't want to battle. Well, then you'll just be a slave. 
You have no other choice. There's no other recourse. Surrender and be a slave. You're going to surrender? Who wants to be a slave to the devil? Then you're going to have to fight. Now, you're going to have to fight for your inheritance. You're going to have to fight for your health, for divine healing. You're going to have to fight for your finances. You're going to have to fight for your marriage. You're going to have to fight for your children. Amen. You're going to have to fight for your church. Come on. You're going to have to fight everywhere that you look on every corner. You're going to have to fight. In heavenly places, Brother Branham said, not just out anywhere, in heavenly places. We are assembled in heavenly. It means the position of the believer. Remember, you're, it's not a flesh and blood affair. So no matter how good you can reason, how good you can think, how smart you are, you know, you can, what you see, what you taste, what you smell, what you hear, it, you know, there again, that's not where you win the battle. It means the position of the believer. So you are positioned there in heavenly places. That is, if I'm prayed up, if you're prayed up, or the church is prayed up, and we're ready for the message, hmm. that's why we have these tremendous and blessed song services. You know what it's for? It's encouraging you to get out of sense-bound realms into the realms where all things are possible. Amen. We, and we assemble ourselves together as saints. We're called out, baptized with the Holy Ghost, filled with God's blessings, called, elected, set together in heavenly places. Now we are heavenlies in our soul. Our spirit has brought us into heavenly atmosphere. Amen. Oh, brother, there you are, heavenly atmosphere. Oh, what could happen if we're sitting here in the heavenly atmosphere and the Holy Spirit moving over every heart that's been regenerated and become a new creature in Christ? All sins under the blood in perfect worship with our hands up to God, with our hearts lifted, sitting in heavenly places, worshiping together in the heavenly places. Oh, did you ever sit in one? Oh, he said, I've sat till I could weep for joy and say, God never let me leave here. Just heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Blessing us with what? Divine healing. Foreknowledge. Revelation. Visions. Powers. Tongues. Interpretation. Wisdom. Knowledge. All heavenly blessings. And joy unspeakable. And full of glory, every heart filled with the Spirit, walking together, sitting together in heavenly places. Not an evil thought among us. Not one cigarette smoked. Not one short dress. Not one this, that, or the other. Not one evil thought. Nothing, nobody's got anything against another. Everybody's speaking in love and harmony. Everybody with one accord in one place. And then suddenly... There comes a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. You say, Brother Tim, it'd be impossible to get everybody here like that. Well, I tell you, just don't worry about everybody here. Just worry about your one person and bringing heaven down to you. Amen. Because if heaven will come down to you, the same rushing mighty wind can come and fill your house. Hallelujah. 
Amen. And he said, there he is, blessed us with all spiritual blessings. And then the Holy Spirit might, belong, might fall upon somebody and say, thus saith the Lord, and go to a certain place and do a certain thing. Amen. I'll tell you what, I'm still riding on a word of comfort given to me. A series of victories is going to be. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with, let's go to this together. How many? All. All. Pretty inclusive, isn't it? Spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, Brother Branham, you know, define that. Divine healing, foreknowledge, revelation, visions, powers, tongues, interpretation, wisdom, knowledge, all heavenly blessings, joy unspeakable, full of glory, ever heart filled with the Spirit. So he hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. Now, we might be blessed here on earth, you know, but our blessings come from being seated with Christ. This is where our blessings blessings come is because our position that the blood has placed us. We're sons and daughters of God. We have been adopted into his kingdom. We're not waiting on adoption. We have received adoption. Amen. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So you see, you're, you're sons of God. We're not waiting on our sonship. We have received our sonship. Now, verse 17 of chapter 1 of Ephesians, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you might know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places. So he's showing you, look what he did in Christ. He raised him from the dead and set him in the heavenlies. This is what he does for you. He has quickened you, raised you with Christ, and has set you in the heavenlies. And watch now. Far above, uh uh-huh, all principalities. Did we read that in Ephesians 6, what we're fighting against? He's already set you above it. He's already made you rulers over those rulers. Come on now. He gave you in Mark 16 the authority to cast out Satan. To pull down your strongholds. To take your promises. Amen. So he said, he set Christ at his own right hand, and he's just showing you what he did in Christ. He's going to do in you. He said, for above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Now, you just name it. You say, well, it's cancer. Well, you have dominion over cancer. 
Amen. You say, well, it's, it's a problem here. It, he has, you have dominion over that problem. What did he say? For above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and it put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. We'll come back to this in a, in a little bit if I can. But anyway, he put all things under his feet, made him to be the head, and he and over all things to the church, which is his body. So if it's under his feet and we are his body, then it's under your feet. Is that right? Amen. So he made him to be head or gave him preeminence over all things of the church, which is his body, which is the fullness of him that filleth all and all and you. Now we just talked about Christ. Let's talk about you. And you hath he made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we also had the way we lived, our manner of living, our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as other, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, he hath quickened us together with Christ. He hath made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, he, gave, he gives you a position of authority. But not only that, just by representation. Just by representation. Think, think about this morning. We just, had a, we just had a great convention there in North Carolina. Brother Timothy was there. As Brother Timothy ministered, we were ministering. Evening Light Tabernacle, come on, was there. Why? Because we had a representation there. So we know when we have a man, Christ Jesus, who has been exalted to dominion and throne because that man is there, all sons of God are there. Are you with me? America went to the moon. I didn't, but we did. Is that right? Amen. So we have been to the moon. Why? Because America went to the moon, and we are America. Amen. So Christ went into the heavens. We are in the heavens. Amen. Because a man went there, the man Christ Jesus. Furthermore, a man opened the seals. A man took the book. A man is in possession of the title, and if that man is in possession of the title, then all of his children are in possession of that title. Hallelujah. Now, I won't make a Baptist shout because they'd never understand that, but I ought to make a message believer shout. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Because the seventh seal is open and the silence has been broken and our name has been showed in the book and a man there has claimed the inheritance and he claimed it for you and he claimed it for me and because he has it, we have it. Because he has it, we have it. Because he's alive, we're alive. Because he's enthroned, we are enthroned. Because he's in power, we're in power. And that gives us the authority then to act in his name on the earth. Now, we fight because we're in a spiritual battle. Is not a flesh and blood affair. Although, it really gets right down into flesh and blood. Amen. Because demons invade your flesh. And you feel like it's just a battle in your body, but it's more than fleshly, it's spiritual. Amen. Some of you are going through battles with cancer. I'll tell you what, it's more than a physical battle. Is a spiritual battle. Amen. Amen. Some of you are going through a battle with other things in your health and whatever. It's more than a physical. You're looking at the physical. Jesus didn't look at the physical. He looked at the spiritual. Is that right? Amen. He called every sickness there, whether it was epilepsy, whether whatever it was, he called it the devil. Didn't he? Amen. If a man was crippled up, if it was arthritis, if it was paralytic, he called it the devil. He didn't deal with the flesh and the blood. Amen. He didn't deal with it. You know, he didn't go to it with the woman there with the blood issue and fix her blood issue. He he dealt, dealt with the spirit that was troubling her, and when the enemy was gone, she was healed. Are you with me? Now, Satan is a squatter. Because he, he is its perverter, and this earth is under a curse. Remember, the earth was cursed with man. And, and remember also, your body is earth. Your body is dust. The Bible said the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. And we are destined to return to the ground because for out of it thou was taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Right. You remember that? Amen. Amen. Genesis 2, 17, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. So there, there again, there again we we know that the ground is cursed. Now, Jesus, as the Word, became flesh and took on dust. He took that dust body down to the River Jordan, and it was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Same thing you got to do with yours. You take your dust body down to the altar, Surrender it to God and say, here, Lord, I give it. Come possess this vessel. You are baptized in his name, meaning it now belongs to him. Amen. What is he doing? Claiming your earth for the resurrection. Is that right? Now, so that Jesus, as the word became flesh, took on dust 
and redeemed that part of dust by his blood and payment for sin so he could redeem your body. As Brother Branham explained it in proving his word, and, and uh, I think it was a future home, he said, and, and those there, he said he took that cursed earth and took it down to the River Jordan and had it baptized in obedience. Come on. Amen. And it was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said, from this part of the earth I have redeemed, I'm going to redeem the rest of it. I'll redeem every other one. I'm going to redeem the whole earth. Hallelujah. If you look toward the future, we're not going to get a new earth in the sense of God's going to just create a, 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 a complete new thing. It, he, it will pass from one form to another. It will be cleansed off and just like he washed it off with, with water at, with Noah and baptized your world with water, shed his blood upon it with Cal at Calvary, and then he will baptize it with fire. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. What will he do? He will make it a dwelling place for him to live on. The earth will be redeemed. Your body is also for redemption. Amen. Now, divine healing is the earnest of the resurrection. In other words, the earnest of your body change. It just simply shows if God can heal a body, amen, he can heal the whole body. Amen. So divine healing is the earnest of the resurrection. And salvation is claiming your body by placing the deposit of God's own life within it. That's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a deposit until the fullness comes. It's a down payment, amen, on, on your new body and eternal life. So you see, it's not, it's not the end result. It's just the deposit, amen. So through redemption, I want you, I'm going to get some, some, uh, some things nailed down here for you now. Through redemption, your body now belongs to God, and it is his temple, your body does not belong to Satan. Your body is God's body to dwell in and operate through. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You're not your own. You have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God with your body. Now, what was he telling them in that verse? He was telling them, don't yield yourself to sin and unbelief and fornication and so on. Don't yield your body to sin, but he's making it clear. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost that, you, that is in you that you receive from God, and you're not your own. You're bought with a price. I'm just reminding God right now, God, this is your body. Amen. It's your body. Satan has no right to squat in it. He has no claim on this body. It is not his body. Amen. My hands are not yielded to the devil's work. Amen. I no longer yield my members to sin. That's Romans 6. Amen. But I yield them to God. Amen. My, my voice is to praise him. Amen. It's not to murmur and complain. It is to praise him. 
Amen. Amen. My voice is to speak the word, Amen. not the devil's lies. Amen. My mind is for God to occupy, not for the devil to occupy. Come on. My body is for health to reign in, not for sickness to reign in. Amen. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, do you not know you that yourselves are God's temple and that the God's spirit dwells in you? You see, Satan is not the original owner of your body. He's not the original owner of the earth. Amen. He is not the creator of our bodies. But he is its perverter. And we are in a fallen condition, so we are not in our original immortal condition. Now, in this fallen condition, we get attacked with demonic sicknesses over and over again until we die. Why? Because from dust thou art, to dust thou shalt return. Our bodies still grow thorns and thistles, disease and afflictions. You say, well, why should I as a child of God have this? It ain't because you're a child of God. It's because of the fall. And because it is in perverted form, then Satan comes with buffet after buffet, warn after war, until finally your purpose is fulfilled in life and you depart from this into where there is no war. But however, because of the atonement, I'm going to get something here. Because of the atonement, the word of faith will rebuild a tissue in your body that these, disease, these demons have torn down. Amen. Now, our combat is not with the physical things, but with spiritual things. Our enemies are spirits. They're not flesh and blood. They are spirits. The diseases that afflict man are spiritual. Amen. We have been given power through the name of Jesus to cast them out through the name, not because it has magic powers, but because that name represents the atonement for the payment for our redemption and Jesus' triumph over death, hell, and the grave. So we use that name saying, Satan, you got to back off because Jesus paid for this. It gives us title to every promise. Now, diseases are demon spirits who, like their master, seeks Satan, seeks bodies to do harm in. They come to dwell in order to do harm. They're like a thief. They come to rob and to kill and destroy. And all, the, all bodies, whether you're Christians or not, they are vulnerable to Satan's invasion because of the fall. Amen. Now, these demons, these dark shadows, we spoke about them last Sunday. With, you know, within sinners, they use their bodies to do their dirty work. Amen. You know, you once done Satan's dirty work. Amen. You were once sometimes darkness. Amen. Is that right? Your way that you live was according to the prince of the power of atmosphere, that one that ruled the atmosphere of your body, of your life. And you, you, you went and yielded your members to sin, to do wrong. Amen? Amen. But when Jesus comes in, you yield it to him. That's why these hands raise up and praise God. 
That's why this mouth declares his word is the truth. Amen. That's why this body now obeys the word of God rather than the law of sin. Are you with me? But, you know, Satan then will use, um, will use these as, uh, you know, these sinners. They're, they're like missionaries who do his dirty work. They use their power to defile, to destroy, to abuse others. Um, they, Satan uses the defiled ones, like I said, as, as a missionary to defile other innocent people. Right. And now that's the influence of sinners. They spread their darkness through their words, through their behavior, through their dress, through their deeds. They spread their darkness. But God also uses human instruments Amen. Anointed and filled by the Holy Ghost to bless, to inspire, to encourage others who need God's help. Amen. Once I was Satan's missionary, I was his emissary, but now I am God's ambassador. And we are ambassadors for Christ. I represent him. I represent a different kingdom. Amen. And I'm here to bless, to inspire, to encourage everyone. Amen. That you can be an overcomer. You can rise out of the realm you are. There is a higher place for you to walk. But you know, with all the demons and all of their ugliness and all of their filthiness and all their, their scariness, they're not to be feared. The weakest, somebody say weakest. The weakest of Christians can use God's word to cast them out. You got more authority in heaven than any angel, even those that didn't fall. So you certainly have authority over satanic spirits. And the weakest of Christians, that's why, that's why, let the weak say, I'm strong. Why? Because the weakest of Christians can use God's word to cast Satan out. And when people fear they are, uh, demons because they don't understand their own position. They've never heard or don't realize about their legal defeat by Jesus Christ. That at Calvary, every devil was defeated. Legally, Satan has no more right to you. Is that right? Amen. In fact, of the matter, the taking of the book of title that we was talking about, the opening of his seals is the triumph of the bloody lamb who opens us all the possibilities within the book. So we need not live below our privileges. The ownership of our inheritance has never been more sure. Amen. Now, Satan brings his darkness. He brings his atmospheres. You notice with sickness comes an atmosphere. With sickness comes a tormenting spirit. Amen. That, you know, I've often said, you know, I can, take, I can take anybody, any child, anybody, and I can put my finger on a wart and command that wart to leave. And with two or three weeks, you know, it'll be gone. Amen. I remember, I think it was Esther. 
You know, one, one time when she was a young girl, you know, she, she had one of those on her, on her finger, had a wart on her finger. And I said, I said, wait a minute, let me just put my, my finger on that thing. I said, I curse it in the name of the Lord. About three weeks later, she told me, he said, Daddy, that thing's still here. I said, Esther, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you one more time. I cursed that thing in the Lord. Now, don't you look at it. Don't you worry about it. You don't pay it no attention. And in three weeks, it'll be gone. Three weeks later, the thing was gone. Now, listen, that is a life that builds a little tumor or a little swelling, little body for it to live in. Now, medically, you would go and take an acid or something or get them to burn it off, you know, with that. By the way, you know, uh, doctors do that. Remember when, when um, in that great move of God, we had little Jed, I think four or five years old at the time, maybe three, four years old, had over, over 100 warts on his little body. And, and, and they, the doctor had burned like a, nearly, uh, nearly 100 off, and there was still hundreds more. And he said, there's so many, I can't burn them off at one time. It'll just cause too much distress on the child. So what we'll do is you come back for another treatment. She brought her, mother brought him through the prayer line that night, and, and we prayed for that child. Amen. Amen. Cursed the thing in the name of the Lord. Amen. And the next, you know, right in the next few days, every wart was gone, totally gone. Why? Because the name of Jesus takes preeminence. The power of God takes preeminence over every spirit. Now, that ward has no more power than a cancer. It also is a growth. It gets in the body. But, you know, with it comes a spirit of fear. There's no fear with wart. If I have it, if I live with it, you know, if I die with it, you know, and when I die, I still got it. It's, it's not going to matter. I, it's just a wart. It's ugly. It's unsightly. It uh, kind of gets bumped once in a while, but it's no big deal. But then you look at cancer, and cancer comes along, and it had got no more power than the wart. before the name of Jesus, whether a wart or a cancer. But with that cancer comes another spirit that's a spirit of fear that begins to work and is always hounding at your ear. It's going to take your life. It's going to destroy you. Look how it makes you feel. And you get down in the sense-bound knowledge and what you ought to do is ignore the thing and walk on. God said, I'm healed. I'm not going to look at the symptoms no more. I'm looking to a divine promise, keeping my mind on the divine promise. I can only have peace when my mind is stayed on him. Now, see, but you see, he is the prince uh, of the power of air. That's, again, a, a heavenly atmosphere. He is, has power over Heaven, over, over the air, prince of power of the air, a heavenly realm. And Satan, Brother Branham said, is always near to get something fumbled up in your mind. 
Even Brother Branham would, would, would have trouble with that because Satan would be there every time he was in discernment. And he said, you know, in one prayer line, he said, and there comes, there comes a, a, a thought from another realm. And he said, it's not from God. You only guessed that. But I'm going to prove to you, Satan, I didn't guess that. And he goes on one more time after over and over and over and over until the woman's faith is raised and she's healed. Amen. Right. Amen. Now, because, because Satan is always there to get something fumbled up in your mind, even in the service like this morning, he's right there to fumble something up in your mind. He's there to get you distracted, get you pulled off, get you wondering, get you, get, get you fearing, get you doubting, get you questioning rather than believing. He's always stirring up the atmospheres as the prince of the power of the air. He is call, he's always trying to cause you to disbelieve and lose faith. You see, when you lose faith, you disbelieve the word. Your weapon, that's your weapon, right? And you're disarmed. Without the word, none of us can stand against the devil. Amen. Faith is the hand that holds the sword of the word of God. Now, look, in the sword, it's sharp. It can cut. It can cut through the darkness and save the most wretched sinner. Like we heard Brother Wendell's testimony Wednesday night. Wasn't that wonderful? Yeah. The most wretched couple, heroin and addicts and, and horrible conditions. Come on. Amen. But the, the, sword, the sword can cut all the way through the darkness to bring someone like that salvation. Amen. Amen. It can bring healing to, well, I don't care how desperate it is. Amen, how bad the situation was, how bad the cancer was, and how awful the symptoms and the, what, you know, the Word of God can cut a hole all the way through there, bring the light of God's glory, and, amen, destroy that thing. Are you with me? Amen. But faith is the hand that holds the sword. So it is no more, the Word of God is no more effective than your faith. So a weak hand can only cut just a little hole, no matter how sharp the sword is. Oh, it subdued kingdoms. It overcome fires. It delivered them from prisons. Come on, faith. Faith gave Abraham a child after she was barren for, since they were two young people. Amen. Faith, faith will do mighty things, but it's got to be a strong hand of faith. The Word of God is powerful. Amen. But the sword, it is only as powerful as the hand that holds the sword, and the hand is faith. Now, so he's always trying to get you to disbelieve and, and weaken your arm of faith. He can't weaken the Word. So he weakens your faith. So his attack is against the, your faith in the promise. Now, so faith is a hand that holds the sword, the word of God. A weak hand can cut a hole through the darkness. Amen. 
and Satan will come and attack your faith because he knows without faith you can't please God. He knows your doubt pushes God away. Now, the, the battle's in the heavens. Michael, I mean, Gabriel's trying to get to you, tell you you're greatly loved, and here's the revelation for your need. Amen. But here's this war that is happening back and forth in the heavenly realms, and Daniel must not give up. Because if he gives up, the battle's lost. Now, there's where sight and time is God's worst enemy in divine healing. Somebody say that with me. Sight and time, God's worst enemies. Sight is not faith. Huh? Faith don't need sight. Faith is the evidence of what you are hoping for. You don't need sight to give you evidence. You need faith to give you evidence. Faith is the evidence of what you are believing for or hoping for. Now, so sight is not faith, it's an enemy to, to, to faith, but faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things we can't see. Now, like Brother Wendell said Wednesday night, faith don't look at a calendar or a watch. It looks at the Word, and the Word's eternal. So it's not looking at time. It's not looking at the calendar. Well, we've been praying, we've been believing for so many days. No, you're not looking at time. You're looking at the promise. Well, it's, we've waited too long. You know, no, we're not, we've not waited too long. We're not looking at time. We're looking at the promise. Well, but it, things don't, aren't any different than they were yesterday. But we're not looking by sight. We are looking at what the Word said. And the Word said the mountain's moving even if I can't tell it with my sight. Now, the second miracle, Brother Brandon said, as I told you before many times in time and sight is, is the worst enemies God has, time and sight. You look, and neither one of them declares anything about God. You want it done spontaneously. When God takes his time about things, let's just believe whatever's said. Is that right? Because you believe what you, but, but the reason is the enemy because you believe what you see rather than look at the unseen where the battle's being fought. That's right. So, you know, you're looking here and you're seeing your problem, but you're not looking at the unseen. And you see them there, all of heaven is doing everything to get to you. There's a war going on. And all of heaven is moving on your behalf. Don't give up on it. Don't quit and surrender. Amen. Press on. Amen. When the, when the, when the tough, you know, when it, the going gets tough, the tough gets going. 
you press back harder. Amen. You hang on to that promise. Amen. You, you, you look here, you know, and you see this fine little looking boy here, Timothy. Stand up, Timothy. Amen. A specimen of arts, ain't he? You look over here and you see, you know, he's got a black shirt on. He doesn't. He's got a black shirt on. That's a black shirt. What color do you think it is, Brother L? <laughs> Brother Tommy, what do you think it is? It's yellow. You see, your sight tells you that's yellow. I can't convince you that it's black because that's a yellow shirt. Now, faith looks at the promise. Thank you. Faith looks at the promise and you believe, you know, you're, you know what God's Word said, amen, and you believe it just as firmly as you believe that shirt's a yellow shirt. Why? Your sight tells you it's yellow. Somebody else said it's blue, it's black, it's purple, it's this, it's that, it's the other, and you say, no, it's yellow, it's yellow, it's yellow, it's yellow. Why? Because your sight tells you so. And when your faith anchors in the Word of God, the doctor says this, the medicine says that, the problem says that, your memory says this, somebody else died with that. Your, your Word said, amen, your sight of faith, amen, your faith says God's Word is true and you can't convince me the shirt is black. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things you don't see, taste, smell, or hear. It's another sense. It's in another realm. You don't fight this battle with senses. You fight this battle with faith. Now, so you know, you know, just like Brother L said, well, if you say it's black, I'll say it's black. That's what we do with the doctor. That's what we say with the skeptics. Well, you say it's black, and the world all says it's black, and everybody else is saying it's black, it must be black, I must be wrong. But you see, faith has got to anchor in the Word of God, and the Word is right. I've seen what the Word said. Therefore, I will not believe the lie of the devil. When the devil tells me something contrary against the Word of God, I don't care what my sight says, my feeling says, my hearing says, the Word said, I am healed. The Word said, I'm winning this battle. The Word said, I'm an overcomer. The Word said, Hallelujah. What did the Word say? I don't care if a preacher says the shirt is black. I don't care if they say days of miracles are past. I don't care if they deny every promise of the Word. You're going to say that shirt is yellow. 
I'm not going to believe what anybody's circumstances, anything else, what my sight says, my hearing says, what the doctor said, what science says. I'm going to believe what the Word said. Because faith is a sense that looks out only at God's Word and it says God's Word is true. Hallelujah. Now you can't have anything from God only by faith. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down. Come on, who would have thought a shout would bring the walls down? Amen. But faith brought it down. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, Gideon there took his promise with 300 men. He whipped the, he, he whipped the Midianites. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if you want to please him, you must come to him with faith, believing his word is true. Now, if your doctor's your absolute, you'll take what the doctor said. If a preacher's your absolute, you'll take what he said. But you've got to take the word as your absolute. Now, Brother Branham said about that in leading of the spirit. He said, the little lady sitting right there, second one from the back there, she's bothered with nervousness. And that right lady, see what I mean? That demon knows. That demon knows if that woman will halfway believe. Oh, God. Amen. Will halfway believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and I'm his prophet, that'll have to leave her. And that demon is calling to that one for help to help, for help to accumulate unbelief. But he's lost the battle. He sure had because faith is gathering. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on now. There's only one thing that's going to happen with the attack of the devil. We're not getting weaker. We're getting stronger. Now, what would Satan do when he was exposed? Those demons of cancer, arthritis, other kinds, they would scream and howl and call on other demons to congregate and create an atmosphere of unbelief because Satan is a prince of atmospheres. You see... Brother Branham said, in the future home, all the sin that's in the heavens above, he is the prince of the power of the air. He keeps off or wars off the blessings from God. So there he is, you know, controlling atmospheres, and he's trying to keep you from the blessings. Amen. In there comes thunderbolts of lightning and strike the earth. Amen. Amen. Now, don't let that bother you, Brother L. You're going to be going all the way back to the doctor again. And what are you going to do? You're going to say what the Word said. Because you're going to believe what God's Word said, not what the doctor says. Right? Amen. Amen. So don't let that discourage you. You know, you answered just exactly according to the plan of God predestinated for this sermon this morning. Smile and be glad God used you as part of this sermon. Amen. So just in the natural, the atmosphere is stirred up until there come sheets of slicing rain and violent winds and typhoons and storm. And even so, Satan disrupts the atmospheres in your life and mine. That's what he's been trying to do to me. Do you 
know, disrupt the atmosphere. I'll be down and depressed and, oh, memory. You know, somebody else went through this and it didn't have a good outcome and this and all the other, the yak yak of the devil. He gets in your ear. How many's had him in your ear this week? I'm glad you know it was the devil. Amen, because that is half of the victory right there. It's just know who's talking. Amen. There's another voice that is said from the word, I am a son of God. I have been commissioned. I have been called. I've been elected. And I am placed for this hour and this time. That's the reason I'm here. But he comes with storms, slices of rain, thunder, real noise. Satan is there sitting in the seat of authority where man once sat, controlling the atmospheres of the earth, where man, Adam, would once bring peace upon the earth. Satan is there stirring up war, strife, afflicting man as a tormentor with storms and lightning, famine and disease. Satan then brings his wars down to the earth, causing disruption in the cells of your body. And, you're, you know, there starts a war in your body. Amen. Those of you that are, are, are dealing with afflictions today, there's a war going on. Amen. You know, in the cells of your body, that war starts in your body as a cancer or other disease or sickness, and it begins to conquer and destroy. He's a thief. He comes to rob and to kill and destroy. Now, Brother Bram said it was a backslidden cell that cancer gets into. Unfortunately, the older we get, the more backsliders we have. Amen. In our body, our cells go to backsliding on us. They ain't going forward. I ain't getting younger. I ain't prettier. Well, I never was, but handsomer. Wasn't much of that either. But nevertheless, you know, it starts going down. I won't talk about you this time. Brother Kenny didn't come so I could talk about him. <laughs> Give him my apologies. Amen. God bless you, Brother Kenny. You're going to be young again one day. Amen. Amen. But even now, even now, we can have divine healing. Yes. Even now, arthritic spirits can be cast out. Yes. Even now, God can create and re- recreate spines and bring things back. Even now. We don't have to wait for a resurrection. We can have it now. Hallelujah. So he said, now let's just diagnose it for a moment. He said, now let's, have a, let's bring you down one cell after the other, one cell after the other, and finally you get down to one little germ. In other words, he said, push back all the cells, and you finally come back to one little germ. And what is that germ? He said, I break down that germ down now. Find out German's a teeny little cell, smallest cell there is. It, it can be seen because it's a natural part, but it's the last thing a light and the glass can reflect. It's a teeny little cell of a germ, and some of them are so small, the microscope can't pick it up. Well, then the germ is alive, and if we go beyond the last cell, then you got life, and then comes into the spirit realm. So he says, go back beyond the corrupt cells, And you come to find out where it started from was a germ that started multiplying. And then you you break past the germ and you find there's a life in that germ. 
Did you know when Brother Ron Spencer went for um, uh, a biopsy in his lungs, do you know that the technician, as he's done it, he's, he says, you know, he said, I've been reaching, trying to get a piece of one of those. He said, but they keep moving away from me. He said, they're alive, and they keep dodging the needle. They're alive. That's what science is saying. And he said, we go back beyond the last sale, then you get a life. And that goes into the, comes into the spirit realm. And he said, just as you grew in the womb of your mother, a cancer grows in your body. And he said, what caused the cancer? Well, maybe a bruise will cause a cancer. And those little cells, when they're bruised, now, that bruise can become environmentally. It can come by a chemical. It could become by the food that you ate or some dye in there. It could be anything that would corrupt a cell. And, and he says... Then that little sail, when it's bruised, will be in the backslide. It gives a perfect place then for the devil to get in. A backsliding sail. You get a backslider in the church, he's going to bruise the whole body. If you don't watch. But that sail backslide is bruised up. He said, now your doctor, he can tell you about your body, your anatomy, but my work is in the realm of spirits. So I'm not dealing with the lump. That's where I live. The most of my time, he says, is in another dimension that the world knows nothing about. And he said, now, I can't heal nobody. I never healed a person. I'll never heal a person. No one else did. God said, I'm the Lord that heals all thy diseases. Then all hospital cases, that's divine healing. Any healing that would come any way at all has to come from God or God told something was wrong. It's God. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, somebody, we, we claim divine healing. So, well, somebody said, well, that you had some medicine. Well, the medicine didn't heal. Only God is the healer. He said, I'm the Lord who heals all thy diseases. I'm the only healer there is. So, hospitals can't heal. Amen. Uh, you know, but... But what do, you know, any healing that comes, comes from God. Now, Satan is a prince of atmospheres, and he gains power over you, getting you to lose faith and to disbelieve. Now, as a prince of atmosphere, his atmospheres are full of evil spirits to accuse us and tempt us and do as much evil and harm in the world as he can. That's his job. He's doing every bit of harm that he can. He, you know, there again, he, 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 he gets in this nation, stirs up against strife again, gets in this race, strives up, calls strife against this race, against the other, and on and on and on and on. Here we go. He tries to, he tries to close off the heaven with veils of darkness and doubt and fear and unbelief, sin and sickness. Now, you know, on a normal day, sun would be shining. But, you know, here we get all these storms that comes in and a typhoon and for, or a hurricane and for days the, 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 the clouds obscure the light of the sun. Same thing that happens there. Satan comes along with his clouds of doubt and confusion, you know, and, and tries to veil the heavens from us with veils of darkness, of doubt, of fear, of unbelief, of sin, and sickness. He'll use sickness and troubles to attack the mightiest preachers, 
that God has to keep them in bondage of fear, tempting them to question, thus doubt God. Are you with me now? So here's his work. You know, we, we come along, how did this, why did this happen to me? Where did I fail the Lord? How come, you know, I've been trying my best to do, did I miss my time somewhere? Did I, uh, did, did I, uh, did I stay out of church? Did I, did I, did I fail to pray? Uh, uh, why did this happen to me? I'm a servant of God. Why am I going through all of this? You see, it's war. Hello? If your sin's under the blood, you're a righteous person. If they're confessed and under the blood, I'm going to say it again, you're righteous. You're righteous as he is righteous. How could this happen to me? You know, and, and I just want to say, somebody's got to fight and not run. You know, somebody has to say, enough is enough. Somebody's got to say, I've been commissioned when I've done everything I can do. Stand. And Christ, the mystery of God revealed, which I told you, I've been loading my gun with this, but he would choose a bride that would not fall, that would hold to that word regardless of what all the rest of the world had to say about it. They would hold to that word. They are predestinated to stand there. The adoption of children by Jesus Christ predestinated the church to that great glorious stand. I want you to know we are predestinated to stand. We are not predestinated to fall. We have been predestinated to stand. And if somebody's going to stand, we're going to stand. We'll stand for every divine promise. Amen. You must overcome. Amen. You can't run. Paul said, when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. Sword drawn. Get it bloody. It ain't for decoration. Get it bloody. Amen. Thrust it to the enemy. Look, Jesus had to overcome. I want to show you your scripture in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. These are words of Jesus to you. You are in this age, the Laodicean age. So, well, I'm not in this age. Well, then this ain't to you. Just forget it and go on. Wherever you are up somewhere in the imagination of your own imaginations. But if you're here, right here under the Laodicean messenger, the Laodicean angel, amen, this is your word. To him that overcometh. Hallelujah. As I've always said, and I'll repeat it again, not because I'm old and senile, but because I want you to remember. He couldn't say to him that overcometh unless somebody was going to overcome. That word right there prophesies you into being. It speaks you into being. You have been spoken to him that overcometh. Will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and have sat down with my father in his throne? So now here we got it. Are you with me now? Amen. So to him that overcometh will grant us it with me. What? In my throne, even as I overcame. You're going to have to overcome just like I did. That's right. 
There's some overcoming for you too. There's things for you to face too. Perfect faith, Brother Branham said. He said, we're trying to get the church into a place we could really see apostolic times moving among us. That's all what we hunger for. He said, it's just laying right at the door, and we see it, but we want to see more of it. How about it, evening light? We've seen it, but we are not just satisfied with what we've seen. We want to see more of it. Amen. We want it in such a flow, it'll be a help to us, and it'll flow out to others. We want the whole world to know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power is the same. His word is the same. His gifts are the same. He's same in every detail except his corporal body. And, and where is he at? What corporal body is in now? Your body and mine. Remember Jesus, he said, never used his power for himself. He used it for others, and that's what it was sent for. And you think, well, why would a man that was so full of power like him ever would have ever be sick? You know, say, oh, no, Jesus was perfect, and he was a God-man, and he was never sick. Well, go with me down to Calvary. Whenever affliction is laid on him, whenever pain is laid on him, I know, you know, there may be some teachers that teach and say, Jesus, Jesus, he was the perfect man. He never got sick. No, Jesus became sick. He became a man. And Brother Bradham referred to a book that he read of the prince of the house of David. He sat on a rock and groaned with the headaches. He, he bore our infirmities. He said, <clears throat> he bare means to pack them. He bore, he had sickness. He had temptations. He had troubles. He had frustrations just as we have because he had to be the right kind of mediator, so he had to be a partaker, the husband of the fruit, before he would know. So he too would have to endure Satan's dirty breath in hand-to-hand combat. Come on. Amen. Listen, I'm trying to show you Jesus went through things. You're going to go through things too. You're in a battle. This is not a picnic. You're not off course. This is par for the course. He said, when trials come, don't think there's some strange thing that's happened to you. These are things that are common to man. When Satan came to Brother Branham after Hope and Sharon Rose's death, he couldn't tell Brother Branham that there was no God. He just told him God didn't love him. You prayed for this one, you prayed for that one, and you know, now where are all those miracles? And here you pray for your own girl, your own daughter, and your own wife, and they die. He took a beating over it. Now, question him, how could God be merciful? Be a merciful God and let your wife and your little baby die. You pleading for their life. Don't you think Satan put thoughts in his mind? Brother Branham said he came to me to the point I was just about to say, God, if that's the way you are, I'm through. That's how far down he reached. 
But you know what? In his own way, not that he's our mediator, but in his own way, it made Brother Branham, a, 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 you know, with a heart full of compassion. Every time from then on, he looked at a cross-eyed child. Amen. God healed it every time. Why? From what he went through. So that, so that God would turn that thing around and use it for his glory. Do you know how many times over and again I have gotten letters from, from, about Mariah and Alana and, and Sister Karen and different ones that telling me, you know, uh, you know, because they went through this, it gave me such faith in my trial. Now, so you see, Satan put all of those things together. Come whisper in there. Because he was trying to control his atmosphere. Because if he controlled Brother Bram's atmosphere, he controls him. Just like the weather controls your moods. These storms, these clouds, they control your atmosphere. Satan's there, prince of the power of atmospheres. Sending down his thunderbolts and lightning bolts and striking here and there. And you know, this one gets struck around you and there and putting fear and doubt and confusion and unbelief. Even in the secular world, brother, you, you know, you listen to the news and you get struck. I mean, it just smites your heart. I mean, all the killings, the murders, the horrible things, that, you know, the, the, the horrible things that are happening in the world today. Are you with me? Amen. And it controls your atmospheres. You, you, you let those things affect you. I'll just tell you, Brother Brandon said, I was driving along taking my daughter to school. And he said, I, I turned the radio on, was listening to a broadcast that was saying that creation was just some ashes blowing together, some phosphates and a few chemicals of earth and warm sunshine created a germ of life and brought out life. How ridiculous. When sunshine will kill any germ of life, lay a germ out in the sunshine and it'll kill it immediately. And and there's no such a thing. But Satan was just trying to punch at me. And after I dropped my daughter off to school, he said, as I was going up the street, Satan said to me, what? This same devil would appear in his room and, and, and look like a deformed creature and singing like a chicken going to, its, uh, to the hen yard, you know, in a, in a mocking voice and accusing him, saying, you're nothing but a fake. And all these miracles you talk about is just a fake. After seeing blind eyes open, cripples walk, and he still come in his ears. And he said, as I was going down the street there listening to, you know, at, uh, you know, I had been listening to that. And as I was going up the street after hearing this, Satan said to me, you know, this man you call Jesus was just like any other man in his day, like a Billy Graham or Roberts. He's just a man 
that they began to have a few people gather around him and say, he's a great man. And after a while, he became greater, and, and he became a god to them. And now it's scattered over the world since he's dead, and that's all. And he said, and I thought, how a liar you are. That's the way we ought to do it, friends. We hear all of this unbelief going, Satan, how a liar you are. And I turned as I was crossing Graham Street. I said, Satan, you, been, you that's been talking to my conscience, I'd like to ask you a few things. Who was that that the Hebrew prophet spoke of that would come? Who was the anointed Messiah? Who, what was upon those men who foresaw him and told his life thousands of years before he got here? Who was it foretold in just a letter? And when he came, he was numbered with the transgressors, and he was wounded for our transgression. He made his grave with the rich, and he rise on the third day. And he did, and he promised the Holy Ghost, and I've got it. So you might as well get away because it's written in the Word, and every word is true. Then he left. Then he left. Then he left. Satan will come. Let me try to close on this. I got a countdown of four minutes. If I don't have enough time, I'll ignore it, let it turn red, then it'll run out after about 10 minutes, and I won't have no more time. It'll be eternal. The great apostle Paul said, there came a messenger, a wicked, evil angel, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Hello. Wake up just for a minute. Let's look in the unseen just for a minute. Amen. What is that that's buffeting you? What is that just laid a blow on you? What just hit you upside the head? What hit you? What thing was that? What is it? It's not, come on, cancer is a, is a, is a, is a name the doctors get. It's not, it's not even that. It's the devil, a messenger, an evil angel of Satan. A wicked, evil angel, a spirit of Satan to buffet me. And he came with blow after blow. Paul said, I'd get over it and my faith would rise above it. And here he'd come again, hit me again. And I'd battle it out with him and, and, and I'd win that battle. And next thing you know, he'd come again. He'd come with blow after blow. These evil angels don't strike a blow with a fist. Demons are spirits without bodies. They hit at you with worry, with doubt, with fear, with unbelief, with temptations, with accusations. You get healed and dodge that blow, he strikes again. And when he does, he cloaks you with a dark hood of unbelief. Amen. Well, healing didn't work because I'm sick again. Healing did work. Amen. What happened? Hey. You know, I have had people, hey, you can say what you want to, but I, I know the power of the gospel. I walked into Karen Emmons' room one day there where she was in a, going to the hospital for a cancer surgery. 
Walked in there, doctors were going to remove her whole ovaries, everything on the inside. See, cancer's in, in your body all through. And I walked into her hospital room and I said, Sister Karen, what do you want me to do with this devil? And she said, cut his head off. Hallelujah. Amen. I took the word of God and with the word of faith, amen, went to work on that devil. Amen. They went in there and couldn't find a thing. Hallelujah. About three years later, she dies of cancer. Come up somewhere else. Say she didn't get healed. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. It was blow after blow. Amen. It was blow after blow. You get healed and you dodge that blow and it strikes again. When he cloaks it, then he then he cloaks you with unbelief. So well, healing didn't work. It did. Amen. America lost the battle of Pearl Harbor. You don't believe that? Go with me to what was it, Okinawa, wherever it was. I, anyway, it was in it was no not it was there, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, that's keep my mind on the right thing. It, it, we were bombed by Japan, and there we were there in the, in the um, there off of the off of the uh, the island of of, of uh, Hawaii, and there them ships still lay in the bottom of that sea, tombs for hundreds of soldiers. And America lost that battle. And even she lost other major battles. But she didn't lose the war. And I just tell you, we might lose a battle now and then, but we ain't going to lose the war. Hallelujah. We'll rise up again. Hallelujah. Because when Japan attacked, the USA, it caused a mighty stir. Young men went and signed up for the forces. Amen. They got into high gear and began to, began to pump out military things and turn factories into to war factories. And America went to war. And she didn't get through until she got a treaty until she dealt with the atoms there and dropped it on the bombs on Hiroshima until Japan said, we quit. And I'll tell you what, friends, oh, you know, we may get hit here, a big blow here and a big blow there, but we're not going to knock down and be defeated. We're getting back on our feet. We're pressing it. We're taking the battle to the enemy. Hallelujah. We're taking the war to the enemy and we shall overcome because Michael and his angels fought and prevailed not. The word said I'm one. Then how can I lose? The Bible said I'm an overcomer. Then how can I lose? Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and worship God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bring the musicians on. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We are immovable. Amen. We will not accept defeat. We will not surrender. 
Our fleet might be wiped out like at Pearl Harbor. They wiped out all our fleet. We'll rise again. Hallelujah. Why? Because we're alive in Christ, and we have been called to be devil defeaters, serpent bruisers. Satan, the God of peace, will bruise you under my feet. Hallelujah. Amen. Because why? We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You know what I'll do. I'll preach all day. Come on. Amen. God bless you. Amen.